Here's my hot take, and you can tell me if I am just a Bruins hater, but I don't think the Bruins are going to uh, make a lot of noise in this uh, this in this playoff uh, coronavirus Damn, in you Toronto. Ignorant slut. Well, it, a lot of time off. I think a lot of different teams are getting healthy, and the Bruins were on a good momentum, and they lost it. Or they might lose it. That's what the playoffs are all about. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get knocked out pretty early on. And that is my hot take chamber take. And you can disagree with me. You're welcome to. But playoffs are all about momentum. Name me a better trio than Char Bergeron and Pasternak. I mean, you. I can't. I can't. All right. Well, I'll allow it because you're my best friend, but that's the only reason why. And also because I'm going to, I'm, oh man, I'm going to rub well, it in your pi- stupid face. Well, you're pissed because you're just a biased Bruins fan. You can't look at the Bruins objectively. You shut your whore mouth. I can do whatever I want to do. You know I'm right. He's laughing and being <laughs> accusing, like, shut my whore mouth. You know I'm right. Well, anyway, that's been this week's episode of the Pack Your Run podcast. We are never doing this again. (laughs) Bye-bye. going to be a uh this is going to be an interesting one considering the fact that we had two almost two straight days of seeing each other in person and never actually got around to doing anything that is as true as far as yeah. the podcast mm-hmm. we fucked up yeah did you see um there was a bill belichick sighting whoa that's a little too i'm a little loud there what was he eating he was eating subway fuck yeah he's doing a subway ad bill belichick the everyman Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Packy Run Podcast. This is episode 14, and I am your host, Adrian so. Lardinbina. Yeah, Jim Rice, number 14. <laughs> is that your name? Are you Jim Rice? <laughs> yeah, hi guys, I'm Jim Rice. I'm a Hall of Famer from the Red Sox, played in the 70s and 80s. We are honored to have on the program today, not Jim Rice. Yes, uh, this is Dan Mayotte. Your other co-host. Dan Mayotte, um, everyone's yes. favorite hottie. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry um, for that. Unfortunately, we, we we have something to tell you guys. Uh, we. Why don't you start? Well, we were supposed to record, uh, record an episode in person. Uh, we had two bites of that apple. And we fucked it up both times. Yeah. So... There was supposed to be a reunion episode. I believe we teased it at the end of last episode and we did. We were we were too busy. I mean, we were literally doing exactly what we would have been doing if we had been recording. We should have just set up microphones while we were sitting on my parents' back porch. Uh, but we're lazy and we're stupid. Well, that's what your dad and was saying. That's what Joe was saying. Joe Joe did say after you left the first time and then he said it uh the next time that we were all together. My father was like, You guys should have just set up microphones. Uh we were reunited with our friend Josh Lutz. Uh we covered a lot of ground too. Yeah, we did. We did like current events, general catching up, 
we started talking about the uh, the merits of investing in baseball cards and which, other. Which, by the way, at this very moment, I am watching a few auctions right now. Um, here's my hot um, investing tip: if you're into baseball, basketball, football cards, uh, right now I'm trying to get Zion Williamson's rookie cards because he's supposed to be the next superstar. That's what I'm trying to get right now. So, and it's a hot I'm, commodity. You're playing the market, Stan. I am. I mean, have you gotten any significant returns on any of your investments? Well, right now I haven't sold anything. So, oh, so you're building. You're just building up. I'm building up, and then I'm just going to shove it out of shove it out. Tight. Yeah, I'm sure um, that that's a strategy that some people would recognize. I know nothing about. Yeah, I, I know nothing I, about like stock trading or trading cards I mean, or anything like I, that. Right now, so. I'm I'm new to the game, so right now it's just like figuring out, like you know, seeing where where it takes me. Well, I mean, you are you are the idea guy. So if that this works true. out for you, if this works out for you, this could be uh, this could be huge. It'd be huge mm. if true. Right. Um, profitable rather so right so we didn't record an episode um last week we talked a little bit about we talked about patrick mahomes and his contract uh we talked about we talked about the redskins and our proposed name changes uh, (laughs) which at this point it is confirmed at this point that they are going to change their name they don't have their names but Hey, Dan Snyder, owner of the Redskins, if you need any suggestions, we got you. The Packy Run Pod has your back. We have you your terrible, back terrible on it. And, and if you want to listen to our uh, stupid examples or our stupid meme jokes, uh, name suggestions, you can listen to last week's episode um, and get an idea there. Um Let's start off this week. Uh, what are we drinking? Well, uh, this week I've I've discovered I've discovered the joy of the hard seltzer, Dan. It's finally Whoa. happened. You, wait, have you had hard seltzer before this? I've had a couple of them before. I've never been particularly impressed, um, but I took a chance. Um, I took a chance yesterday. Okay. Uh, I, I got home. I ran over to the Aldi down the street from me. Mm-hmm. And they had, uh, it's called Vista Bay Hard Seltzer. And I am I got a six pack of their Ruby, grape, Ruby Grapefruit Seltzer. Okay. Um, and it's pretty good. It's not, it's not the first thing that I'd reach for. Um, but, you know, for five, it was like five bucks for a six pack or six bucks for a six pack or something like that um it's good buy again would buy again it's got decent flavor um yeah there's not much else to say about it it's it's a decent seltzer i I mean i'm into the hard seltzers like because like they're the thing that i think about beer is like it's heavy and like especially when it's hot outside i don't want like how many calories are in one beer and like versus like there's like 90 calories in one of those it's nice and light and refreshing. Yeah, this one I got here is a hundred calories and five percent alcohol. That's not bad. I mean, these are these are crushable for sure. Oh yeah. Um, this week I am enjoying a Narragansett Fresh Catch. I have had that once before, and I forgot what it was like. 
So I'm um, give us your review because <laughs> I need to know whether or not it's worth hunting down uh, down here in Nashville. It's good. I mean, it's it's better than the typical Narragansett. I would say um, it's kind of like your typical like New England lager, like IPA, um, right. like ale. So like, it, I would recommend if you see it at the Packy store, give it a try. I almost got a six pack uh, while I was staying at my parents' house and decided to go with uh, whatever Sam Adams variety pack I got and some like harpoons, stuff like that. The Sam Adams, I mean, like I've had all of the ones in there except for the Fenway one. Um, and I tried the Fenway one and it tastes like a, a beer that I would get at like Fenway Park. Um, yeah, it's just a nice like summer IPA, not like not super aggressive uh, on the hops, but still, you know, the best one to, from that box, though, would probably be the Porch Rocker, though. Yeah, the Porch Rocker, it's got that nice kind of it's got that juicy like sweetness to it. Yeah, that's and what really we're talking nice. about, folks, is like it. What is it like a New England? Um, yeah. So if you go to if you go to your local you know, grocery store, packy, wherever, um, they'll probably have the 12 pack of bottles, which is yeah. the Sam's beers of summer, which is well worth the money. Uh, but if you are in new England, uh, you can get a 12 pack of cans. That is the Fenway favorites pack, which is almost the same as the beers of summer, except instead of the instead of the uh sam adams porch rocker you get a uh, sam adams fenway ipa i thought porch rocker was in there i thought that's what i maybe i mistook it i thought i saw it, it in your fridge Nah, they have like they have like three or four different um summer packs so there's there's a bunch of different uh there's a bunch of different options especially in the new england area some of the some of the variety packs are only available uh where they can be delivered by sam adams themselves instead of just relying on all the reps and whatever else right yeah sam adams sponsor us <laughs> yeah seriously like that would i be... want that to be our first i want that to be our first sponsor we should that would be, be a fantastic one um let me see. Going into our show, um, did you hear that the the Patriots cleared seven, like a little over seven million dollars in cap room? So, on my ride, uh, my father graciously drove me up to Logan Airport. Yeah. Uh, yesterday afternoon. Yesterday being Monday. Um, and on the ride in, we were listening to WEEI, and they touched a little bit on, uh some of the like social changes that are going to be coming to the Patriots uh, mm -hmm. with Cam Newton on board. And then they oh, followed yeah. that up. They followed that up by talking about, uh, yeah, a, a decent chunk of cap space and what that means for our hometown team. Yeah. Um, and there are some rumors floating around that like we might be adding um on Clowney, who I think I mean, like, I would welcome him. I think that would be a decent move. Um, who did the Patriots get rid of as far as cap goes? They got rid of... I know that they got rid of um, Aaron Hernandez and also yeah. Antonio Brown, but there might have been someone else on that list. 
I think they um, re they renegotiated a couple of contracts. They finally cleared up the Aaron Hernandez kind of kerfuffle, and uh, yeah, they figured out the Antonio Brown situation. So we ended up with, I believe they said, uh, just shy of ten million in cap space, which that's a lot. Like there's a lot yeah, of things that we can do that with. I think. The rumors have been going for the rumors have been going for at least a week now about Clowney, um, which is usually a pretty good indicator of you know where the organization is at and what might actually be happening. Um, right. Usually, usually when the rumor mill is going this strong when it comes to the Patriots, there's reasons for it. So I can see us doing something with him, especially if they end up uh, if they end up being able to get kind of a sweetheart deal the same way they did with Cam Newton. Um, but other than that, I think the smarter move is to really take some time wait and see uh when and if the season starts you know we are gonna need some of that space to move because the roster that you have at the beginning of a season is not necessarily the roster that you have or need um midway through right we need to be able we need to leave those options open for trades and adjustments uh as the potential season kind of plays out i mean right now i'm looking at the 50 best like free agents on the market as of right now. And I mean, obviously they're all veterans. They're all older guys. Um, Clowney is notable because like 27, that's still relatively young by NFL standards, at least. But like for the most part, it's a lot of older, like veteran guys, um, which I've been saying for a while, I've wanted the Patriots to go younger and younger and younger and not, they have this weird tendency to always go for veterans, but like I get it with the veterans. They always provide that stability and leadership, um, especially helping out some of the younger guys. Um, but 10 million is huge. I would agree with the assessment that they should just hold off on whether they should spend that money. Um, there's also a rumor going around that Odell Beckham going to the Patriots as well. So that's the Odell Beckham Jr. is the antithesis of what I literally just said, where there have been rumors about Odell Beckham coming to the Patriots for how many years he wanted to work with Brady. This has been He's, off and on for like a couple of years now at this point. Like and especially four, four or five years at this point. Yeah. Well, and he was working out with Cam all this like off season. Yeah. He's been working out with Cam like they've know each other there is like some rapport there um which and that's important the browns right now correct yeah yeah i i mean it makes i wouldn't hold my breath for it but it would make complete sense for that guy to have dealt or how long has he been with the browns now a year two years it's been a year at this point um last year was After his first the- year after the absolute shit show that the browns had this past year i mean the browns have like, been a shit show for since they came back well that's true but even with like especially with baker mayfield just being baker mayfield like you can absolutely see why odell beckham would look at his quarterback and even with an entire almost an entirely new coaching staff you Mm -hmm. can absolutely see why he would kind of look at where he's at and then look over at the patriots and be like hmm quarterback i have a better rapport with and uh the greatest coach of all time yes please my only thing with odell is I mean, he is he is not like Antonio Brown with like the diva stuff, but he is kind of close to it. 
Um, but I would I say mean, I've heard honestly, I heard more. I heard more flack directed at Cam Newton over the years than I heard really? directed at than I yeah than I ever heard directed at Odell Beckham. It always seemed like Odell was just kind of like you know any any time you heard about him complaining or you heard about like kind of the diva things, it was I didn't I didn't personally hear a lot of it, and when I did hear it, it was like yeah he's playing for Eli Manning, who is like the number one most overrated player to ever have played in the NFL. <laughs> And that's not even a hot take. And like, yeah, that's, I'm not even in the hot tip. I'm not even in the hot take chamber for that one. Yes, he has two rings. Yes, both of those rings are at the expense of the Patriots. But oh my God, what a horrific quarterback. I mean, like he, there's a debate there, like whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. I would say say no. And that's not, I say no. That's me trying, like, I am trying my best to put my like Patriots hat to the side there. Like, I'm trying to be as unbiased as I can. Literally just look at look at his actual athleticism. Look at the way his body moves. Look at his like his command or lack of command of his team. Like that dude's a joke and he won two Super Bowls both on a fluke. And like great for him, great for the Giants, but Eli Manning is he's not good. Right. Yeah. I would I would I would definitely agree with that assessment right there. But like my thing is like who would they even trade? In that situation or like what would you want to give up yeah that that becomes like, a whole mess like i wouldn't want to give up a first round pick i i'd want to give up like and the browns would never accept this i would want to give up maybe like a third or a fourth round pick um obviously odell is a very talented wide receiver but he also has had like a couple down years at this point um i i, I mean the browns would never accept a third or fourth round pick but I wouldn't be entirely shocked to maybe watch another Antonio Brown situation kind of materialize. I mean, um, Antonio Brown has a lot of, he had a lot of things against him. He, he has a lot of, yeah, he had a lot of a lot moments of and stuff like that. Not but even I think, just on the Patriots or the Raiders, but like there were a lot of moments with the Steelers that like, it was like, what the fuck moments. But there's also, I think that there is a solid argument to be made that, like, maybe not so much with him getting let go by the Steelers. It wouldn't shock me, but I don't think that that's the case. But the whole debacle with the Raiders, I think, I think Belichick was in on it the entire time. I think that, I think that Antonio Brown knew that he didn't want to work for the Raiders organization and he had no actual plans of being part of that team. I think he kind of maneuvered his way out so that he could get, you know, where he really wanted to go. And I would not be shocked, not to that extent, not to the whole big dramatic, you know, blowout extent that Antonio Brown did, but I wouldn't be shocked to see Odell Beckham Jr. make some sort of move to get himself free so that Belichick could come in and scoop him up and just continue to bolster this team that everybody said was dead in the water three months ago. Right. Like that is just so, so much of what we have seen. So much of what we have seen this summer and basically since the offseason started has just been so quintessential Belichick. Where I mean, it's we've just, seen it multiple times. Like We've seen it so many times over the course of how many years where it's just like, well, is the Patriots dynasty over? This thing changed, that thing changed. Obviously, like, now it's like, well, Brady's gone. What are they going to do? And then, of course, we go and get ourselves an elite quarterback. And, you know, again, this roster that everybody had written off three months ago is now all of a sudden on the sports 
talk shows in the Super Bowl conversation, which again, we've talked about it. We think that's premature. That's but so still. premature. Like, there's, I mean, people have said like, oh, Cam Newton's going to be the starter, obviously, but like, who who even knows at this point we're going to have a season? Um, well, that's actually an interesting point that you just brought up. Cam got signed. Right. And everybody and their grandmother that pays attention to New England football anointed him the starter right yeah. off the bat. He's an elite quarterback. He's had MVP years. He's had all this history with the Panthers. Like everybody just assumed that, well, we signed this guy. So he's our starter, right? Right. But he's not. And it's been made very clear just by general Patriots history and also by the fact that we still have Jarrett Sidham and Brian Hoyer. Like, and gonna two have to... other quarterbacks as well. And the yeah, and the two other the two other kids that were they which, were undrafted, right? Which I wouldn't be surprised if one of them turned into like a Julian Edelman type and converted to wide receiver. Cause that's what Edelman Edelman was a quarterback when quarterback he was in at, college. Quarterback at Kent State, which is amazing considering the fact that that kid's shorter than both of us. I say that yeah. kid as he's, if I'm not he's talking like about size. an almost forty year old man. Yeah. Well, he's not 40. He's like 32, 33. No closer to 40 than we are. But he's like, but yeah, he's he's shorter than both of us. But the point that I was making was people have already anointed Cam the starter and he got a peanuts contract and he yeah. got a peanuts contract while the Patriots had zero in cap space, essentially. So now all of a sudden we've got this extra room to move. And how do you think Cam Newton's feeling right now looking at the fact that like, oh man, now all of a sudden we've got now all of a sudden the team that I signed with has way more in cap space and what happens if we go and we sign Clowney or we sign somebody else and they're making objectively more money than him like does that become does that become a point of contention is that a really is that a really hard like introduction to the Patriots way for this kid to I go mean, and I get think signed like that that's that's tough and I think I mean yeah that's a tough thing to as, as I mean, I mentioned it last week, especially with the Pat Mahomes contract. He, when he got all that money, like, what did that mean for the, for like Cam Newton and what we were going to have to potentially pay him next year? Well, that I move, think, that move kind of reverberates throughout the entire NFL. I think every quarterback yeah, it does. I think every quarterback that's kind of worth a damn is now kind of looking at their at their organizations and going, well, you know, where's my but payday? But every organization is going to be like, well, you're not Pat Mahomes, which that's a fair thing to say. Like, it, like I think every organization except for one really has a leg to stand on in yeah. that regard. The um, Baltimore but, Ravens. Yep. Baltimore Ravens, I think Lamar Jackson, if he he had a consistent year last year, faltered a little bit in the playoffs, um, but still, I mean, essentially wiped the floor with Tom Brady's Patriots. I mean, he so, got MVP unanimously last year. Like that, yeah. You know how difficult that is to do? Every single voter voting for you. Yeah. So no one else getting know, consideration. There's no, yeah, pretty much every quarterback in the NFL is probably looking at their teams and being like, well, I want my payday. And every team is looking at the quarterback and going, well, you go do that and we'll talk. And the only team that might be willing to have that conversation would be the Baltimore Ravens. If if we have a season this year and Lamar Jackson kind of comes through on all the promise that he had this past season, I could see Baltimore doing something similar. Yeah, but I, I wanted to finish this point. Like, I think Cam getting paid so low i think 
and I mean like he gets paid like seven million in incentives. I think it just all about motivating him. Maybe yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the biggest thing is that you know he wants to get paid. But like I mean, he's made so much money in his career already. He has so many sponsorships, so many things. Like I think part of the reason why he wanted to go to New England or like why he signed with us is because he just he wants to win. He like when he lost that Super Bowl against the Broncos, like you could see the pain that he had. He was like, I he wanted to win so badly. And like he wants to prove all the critics wrong. He hasn't been healthy in like two plus years. He wants to he's motivated. I think that is enough motivation. I think he's going to if there is a season, which I mean, as of right now with the NFL there's been talk about like uh, the stadiums are going to be at 20% capacity. Do you hear about that? I heard a little bit about that. I mean, that's a step in the right direction, but again, mass. So being in Massachusetts for four or five days, like there was a lot of kind of openness, but there were a lot of people, obviously there are outliers, but there were a lot of people that were just being smart. Like even people just walking down the street in downtown Plymouth were largely wearing masks, right? Like, so Massachusetts is a little bit of an outlier. The rest of this country is not taking this nearly as seriously, I would argue. And they do I would, not... I would say that, yeah. And I would also argue that um, the leadership of a lot of different states is not nearly as put together and open and decisive as the Massachusetts state government. So... I have, as things stand right now on July 14th, 2020, I have a hard time believing we're going to see, you know, NFL games this year. At least NFL games in the way that we're used to seeing them. Yeah. I mean, who knows? It's anybody's guess at this point, my dude. (laughs) I hope there's football, but I mean, at least there's NBA coming back. There's hockey coming back. Um... We got baseball coming back on the 24th. Um, We covered it. We covered this a little bit last week, too. I mean, the Red Sox have already seen COVID positive players like there's there's a real risk for a lot of these a lot of these sports because they're just so full on with the contact and everything and football being probably the most contact heavy of all of them. Yeah, well, I did see one. I saw one thing that they were proposing that was like. It was like a, you know, on like a helmet, they have like the face, like they have like a face guard, like a face mask for the mouth as well. Yeah. Like the whole thing is just going to be plexiglass with like the, the, like the thing around their mouth or whatever, or around their helmet. I could see maybe something like that. Um, Hockey, they can still play with like a mask on and like, I mean, be protected and not like be breathing on each other well as i was i was talking to my dad about this i've said this like six times already this episode i think this might be called the joe episode (laughs) because we just keep talking about my dad um the one about joe (laughs) the one about joe so now it's a friend's episode fantastic um (laughs) stop um I was telling I was telling him, you know, the only the only national sport that makes sense to be playing right here right now to me is uh hockey. 
like the NHL coming back makes perfect sense because they are already so padded up and so covered over their entire body. They're all wearing the visors already. Slap some masks on them and, you know, you're good to go. There isn't, besides Brad Marchand going around licking people, there isn't a lot oh, of exchange. Yeah. There, There isn't a lot of exchange of like bodily fluids, of sweat, of spit, of anything. As opposed to like a pig pile in football or how many well, different people touch a baseball in the MLB. Or basketball. You know? I mean like Yeah, my exactly. Br- my Brooklyn Nets, like it so hurts like, me to hear you call them that. <laughs> my Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> well like they are my Brooklyn Nets. And so like out of there are like fourteen people on a roster for basketball or something like that, maybe 15. Seven of them are out. So we've been like we've been signing players left and right out of free agency for that. Like we already had a bunch of people that were already out because of injuries, but now it's like covid related or like they just don't want to put be put at risk, which I don't blame them, but like damn, I'm going to be watching Brooklyn Nets basketball and it's it's going to be like, "Oh, who are you?" Yeah, I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of that with professional sports for at least the next year. I think there's going to be a lot of turnover and a lot of people that aren't comfortable playing under these conditions and a lot of people that end up getting infected. Um, That's kind of going to fuck up, you know, a lot of this stuff. I mean, and like, you can't blame them. I mean, they have to go back to their family and they have their own lives and everything like that. Like, why put others at risk? Especially when a lot of people in your sport have, like, tested positive. Yeah, and I mean, that's kind of similar to, I mean, anybody. That's not just exclusive to sports. That's literally anybody. That was one of my biggest kind of hurdles over going home. And now I've got both of my parents kind of begging me to come back up because uh, my my place of work has uh, shut down again until further notice because of increasing outbreaks down here in Tennessee. But it's really difficult to justify. It was difficult in the first place to justify going home this past weekend. Right. Because, you know, getting on a plane, being on an enclosed space like that, Technically, I really should have been quarantined for two weeks. I shouldn't have really been around anybody. Um, yeah. But the whole point of going up was being able to go and see people. So I really took it seriously, you know, wiping down stuff and making sure that I wasn't coming into contact with anything. I had my arms folded across my chest the entire flight back and forth. You know, it's 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 difficult to justify putting yourself and thereby putting others in harm's way of this whole thing. Right. It's a crazy time to be alive, man. Yeah. Yes, it is. Especially but moving in this. <laughs> yeah, when is that happening? You're uh you're you're going back home. You're going to Boston. Yeah, I don't think I I don't think I've announced this. Um yeah, I'm moving at least out of Brooklyn for a year and moving to Brighton. Um when does that lease start? That starts in September. So um hot dog. I've, Still going to be a Nets fan. Still going to be an Islanders fan. Like the bitch you are. Um, Traitorous heathen. Hate me. Hate me. Usually I encourage other people to fight you on Twitter, but now I'm the one who's going to be fighting you on Twitter. Well, you want to know what's great about the Islanders? The New York Islanders? They have a dog. They have multiple dogs. The Bruins don't have dogs that go we to their bears. game. bears. You don't have cute little puppies. We have bears and weirdos that get onto nationally syndicated sports shows. Hold on. Let me let me just <laughs> give you I am 
going to send you a pic. I'm going to send you a pic of the Islanders pups. And you cannot tell me that they're not cute. I'm sure they're adorable. And as much as I love little puppy kisses, as much as I love puppies licking my face, I enjoy watching Brad Marchand lick other people's faces more. Fenway, my puppy, if you're listening to this, I didn't mean that. <laughs> I still love you the most. Or Pugsley. Sure. Pugsley, as our friend Brad calls him. Aww. Which he responds to all these years later. How insane is that? That's awesome. Are you sending me pictures? I, I mean, I'm sending you the, the Instagram at least. I like hate you this. Like, you can't tell me that dog is not cute. And also, for all the people out there, I was curious. There was one day during quarantine that I was very... Um, I was like, it was out of curiosity if, like, other teams had puppies. And there are several NHL teams that have dogs. And also, it's a Reddit thread, and it's with um, players' dogs as well. And they're, uh, yes, several players, especially Bruins players, have dog accounts for their dogs. The listeners at home can't see it, but I am shaking my head. Just, at you. just, just look up NHL dogs when you get a chance. It is beautiful. I'd rather just look at the dogs themselves. No, I mean like, I gotta send you this thread now. This is going off the rails. You're, <laughs> you're sending me <laughs> pictures of dogs. Uh, our friend Justin has sent me. Um, Dan, do you remember Carl Weezer? Come on, come on, come on. Is Pope Catholic? Are, are, are cops not racist? <laughs> Justin are cops <Poole> racist? Has... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Justin Poole, our dear friend and former roommate, has been sending me nonstop Carl Weezer uh, memes and TikToks, including Star Wars-related ones, and uh, I got him back with a video of Carl Weezer singing fireflies by owl city oh my you gotta send that to me that's an indication of or the mental state you gotta you gotta send it to uh justine oh yeah i'm sure i'm sure she'd get a kick out of that for sure she would and i just sent you but that's an indication of the uh that's an indication of the mental state here at the packy run now that we are uh back to being quarantined and trying to figure out how to fill our days i mean that's all you can do at this point it's the the meme co- I don't think anybody knew how important meme culture was going to be until right about now. I mean, everyone's bored at this point. Everyone has to do something. That's not a bad idea for a future episode, though. We should do meme reviews. We should meme do an episode reviews. of meme reviews. Meme you see, the review. thing the thing is, we would need to do this on a video. We 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 can't do this just audio we would have to do like an actual like video podcast for that just so like people at home have that visual well i realized a couple of days ago that our lovely hosting platform anchor uh distributes our podcast wherever you can get your podcasts really they do not distribute to youtube Interesting. So I think I think at some point uh, we might have to we might have to put together and start uploading to a Packy Run podcast YouTube channel. I think that would be that can be arranged. We can definitely do that. Um, listeners, so, listeners at home, at home, would you be interested in that? And would you uh, want to uh, watch it and watch our ugly faces 
Nah, not our ugly faces. Let's be. Let's be. Speak let's, for yourself, dude. Let's be frank. We're handsome. We are fucking gorgeous. You want to know why? Because I do a skincare routine. I forgot that that was your recommendation from last week, and that was my recommendation I'm last still, week. I still don't know how to deal with that. Why? Of all, it was, dude. Do what you got to do. Feel good about yourself. Treat yourself. Whatever. If you have a skincare routine, if you have a skincare routine, fucking awesome. It came out of left field, though. <laughs> it was the last thing I was expecting you to recommend at the end of this podcast. Was like, what? I can't my be interested is in my skincare. Routine. What? I can't be interested in skincare and baseball cards and punk music. You can do whatever you want because you're damn yeah. ought. Yeah, I'm a goddamn American. <laughs> my god-given american right know how someone could definitely take that out of the wrong way and uh for whatever reason i sound like one of those gun-toting republicans saying like it's my god-given right i'm an american i've got american blood coursing through my veins i like to have children i like to eat We're watching Dan become Alex Jones just week after week after week. Or we're listening to Dan become Alex Jones. That when we start is... selling you when we start selling you brain pills, like brain supplements, I really, I really, truly in the bottom of my heart hope that when we start selling you those kind of things, you stop listening to us. Wasn't he like um bodybuilder at one point? Wasn't that where he got his start? He doesn't look like it. Well he doesn't I mean the thing is Toad looking with... motherfucker. I mean, if you look at a lot of bodybuilders, they don't look like they're just, I don't know. Like, oh, it's, like, it's, it's undeniable that most bodybuilders just look like thick boys. But, yeah, they uh, just look thick and they look kind of chubby, but they're not chubby. They're like, they can Alex, literally snap you in half. But Alex Jones just looked like he's, he looks like he's in the middle of a brain aneurysm all, all day, every day. He just, he never, he does not look well. I wonder what he does at this point now that. He has been kind of like, not kind of, but he has been deplatformed from everything. Um, you know, I don't care. <laughs> That's the I mean, funny I don't thing care about either. some people like that. Like, I when you reach when you reach that level of idiocy, when you reach that level of just being an objectively terrible person. Um, yeah, I, do, I Alex Jones is in the same. Alex Jones exists in my mind in the same realm as like Ted Bundy or Whitey Bulger or Jeffrey Epstein. Like I could give a damn whether you live or die. Like you're you are an objectively, objectively terrible person. Yeah. And again, that's not even. We're not even going into the hot take chamber for that one. That just, is not. That's, that's just bad people. Like that's that's not like that's not ignorance. Like when it comes to racism or just you know the spreading of lies and things like that. There's you know a lot of it is just rooted in biases and misinformation and just overall ignorance. But to play devil's advocate here, like isn't he? Isn't he allowed to have his First Amendment right? It isn't that stripping away his First Amendment right. I mean, like, I agree with you, but, like, I'm just playing devil's advocate in this moment. No, I think... So, I don't think it's stripping... I don't think it's stripping of his First Amendment right for these reasons. 
going onto Twitter, going onto Facebook, going onto YouTube, things like that. Yes, those are public platforms. And yes, that I, I believe that the internet as a whole is a public utility and should be treated as such. It is like, it is your American right to be able to use the internet and to be able to put out onto the internet what you want, right. what you want to put out on there, right? Yeah. But the internet, on the internet, there are, on the internet, there are specific platforms and there are places where that do you the service of letting you use that utility. So you have your Facebook, you have your Twitter, you have your Instagram, things like that. And because of people, because of a great many people's choices and things like that, those are the platforms that people use as their soapbox. Yeah. But those, those platforms, the Instagrams, the Twitters, the everything else, they do not have they do not have to host things that they do not that they don't agree with it's not stripping away someone else's it's not stripping away alex jones's first amendment right for twitter or for youtube or for facebook to turn around and go we don't want we don't want you lying on our platform right. now i understand that the flip side of that is that yes it is a slippery slope it is when those when those when those platforms are so ubiquitous and so and have operated in such an unregulated way for so long yeah, it's it it becomes a really slippery slope of well, this person is frankly li- they they're just lying. They're not telling the truth. They are spreading false information for their own gain and for other people's gain, and a lot of that gain comes in the way of money, right? There yep. is, you know, it makes it it's always so like difficult. I, I like I I agree with you. I mean, like I like cuz Alex Jones, he was he was spreading these conspiracy-like theories across the board um but the whole like pizza gate and like a lot of other things like i, I, and I did forget actual i, I like, forget did actual tangible damage to people yeah he did by by spreading the just horse shit that he was spreading yeah i mean like i i think and it's a slippery slope and i do think some platforms have done this and have been i there has been a lot of things that have like definitely been silencing conservative type of like opinions and i don't think those should be silenced i think those should be met the same way as like liberal views it should be it should be met with an equal and opposite reaction yes right right like but it should we be shouldn't met be with, silencing either one but we should be so we should be silencing or at least attempting to silence well the just crazy false, conspiracies. falsities and lies yeah when it's not when it's when it's not true or when it's actively hurting other people and then you get into the whole conversation of like well how do you you know how do well, you decide ag- which way is which and everything else and that's you know we are not we are not the people that can you know well, and also it goes into come to a like conclusion there. are you are you violating that person's like first amendment right like i mean like people can go and say whatever they want they they i mean i think there's like definitely a limit to it but that but that right that right doesn't extend to using other people's platforms which is yeah. what I, which is the thing that i was trying to say is that like yes you have a first amendment right to say whatever the hell you want whenever the hell you want but you are using so let's let's bring it down to a more so, kind of manageable a manageable so like if, kind of thing let's put it this way if alex jones were and we don't know what alex jones is up to we don't care at this point but like let's say like he's has alexjones.com I, I i assume this is what he's doing it's probably like a patreon type of thing you pay five bucks a month you go see all of his shit you watch his show and 
I mean, this is just a theory. Like, don't take my word for it. I mean, you're welcome to look it up, tell that we're I'm wrong. But he can't go on YouTube and just be like, go on like a live stream or Twitch or like Twitter, or like that kind of thing. Well, he has the he he has the right to use whatever platform he can to go and do whatever he wants to do, as long as it's within the as long as it's within the rules of that platform. So let's take it let's take it down to kind of a more manageable level. Let's just say Twitter, right? Yeah. Twitter is largely an open platform. Anybody can make a Twitter account. We can make a Twitter account and put out the content that we want to put out on Twitter. And we have a First Amendment right to say what we want to say and say it the way we want to say it and use whatever avenue we can to put that out in front of people. Whether that's talking to people face to face or putting it out on Twitter or putting it on Facebook, whatever. We have the First Amendment right to go and say what we want to say. Right. But those those platforms and other people, in this case, the way that we were just setting it up, like Twitter also has the right to turn around and go, well, you're not you are actively hurting other people and you are not telling the truth. You are literally just spreading lies for the sake of working up other people and trying to make yourself money. We don't want that on our platform. They have the right to turn around and go and put the kibosh on that. Yeah. And in this in this particular case with Alex Jones and with Twitter and, you know, through that lens, it just so happens that a couple of rather progressive guys agree with Twitter about silencing that particular person. That doesn't mean it's always right for those platforms to do that. That doesn't mean that it's always right to silence a more conservative viewpoint or a viewpoint that I don't necessarily agree with. Right. But the same way that it's his right to go and try and use whatever avenues he can use to say what he wants to say, the platforms and the people that come into contact with that content have the right to turn around and go, we don't want that shit. Yeah, yeah. Wait, how did we get to Alex Jones? I have no idea. We've been off the rails. This is, yeah, damn. <laughs> Crazy. But I think we've, uh, I think we've indulged for long enough. Yeah, no. So I think there's probably as good a place as any to hop into some recommendations. Finish out our finish out this uh this yeah. this lovely episode. You wanna start off or should I? Yeah, I'll start off. I gotta think. My recommendation this week, if you haven't listened to them, what the hell are you doing with your life? My recommendation this week is Black Sabbath. That's a lame cop out. I've been getting really How is that a cop out? Because everyone has probably heard Dude, I everyone knows Black Sabbath. Well, go back and revisit them because, oh my God, dude, when I was first like getting into like playing guitar and stuff like that, like Tony Ayami was a god to me. Like I wanted his Gibson SG. I wanted to play just like riffs on riffs the way that he does. But I've been you doing You wanted like, to get your fingers chopped off. <laughs> I wanted to get my fingers chopped off and play with like synthetic tips so that I could get that tone, dude. It's all about that tone. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it, it, Tony Ayami's a god. <laughs> every True. it's insane that they were able to sound the way that they sounded back in like the 70s like they're still so ridiculously heavy it's so good it spawned so many other awesome projects you know when they got ronnie james dio into the mix like they don't have a bad album they're iconic they're huge and if you haven't taken time to listen to black sabbath or if you haven't listened to them in a while like i have uh 
go back and revisit because man it's not just it's not just paranoid and like the self-titled album and everything like that their entire catalog is awesome and if you're a guitar freak if you're a guitar freak like me gibson just uh re they just remade um they just remade tony iami's red gibson sg with the monkey sticker on it and i don't have a spare like eight grand to spend on a piece of mahogany with some strings attached to it but man i wish i did sponsor us yeah, Gibson, please uh, please sponsor us and send me a Tony Ayami reissue, or at least a couple of his pickups, because holy crap. Sponsored by Gibson, Sam Adams, and... The Packy Rum Podcast, brought to you by... And Facebook. Gibson Guitars, Sam Adams, Facebook, even though we hate them. And, and viewers like you. And contributions by viewers like you. I just, I heard that in the like WGBH, like PBS voice in my head. That's what I was like thinking when I was like saying that. (laughs) I'm, I'm four years old again and watching Zoom. Zoom or Arthur. Hey, Mr. Rogers. What a wonderful kind of day. Watching the gay uh, rat wedding. Rat wedding. The gay rat wedding. Oh my God. (laughs) That saga hashtag gay rat wedding there's so there's so much in this episode for people to get mad at we might as well just finish it with hashtag gay rat wedding (laughs) i mean that's an old meme though and i i think anyone who's on the twitter twitter sphere like knows that it's just a joke true but still when we post this episode i think all of the social media posts are going to have hashtag gay rat wedding oh that's also a fucking sick episode title damn it what's my recommendation for this week um so for my recommendation this week what should i even recommend it's our new intro song well i've been doing this actually a lot lately um i've been walking around with socks and sandals better known as mandals and they're they're so comfy they're very comfy you're a living meme i would recommend that um and you might be thinking that's not much of a recommendation but i have been doing this now for two weeks has been very comfortable. Just, I'm going just... to choose to ignore the fact that you're wearing socks with sandals, and I'm going to say that your recommendation is to go back and listen to your old band Mandals, because that's the only way that I can. <laughs> that's the only way that I'm okay with this. I mean, if you want to go listen to Mandals, we still have it up on Bandcamp. It's mandalsct.bandcamp.com. Um, so definitely check that out. It's a shitty demo of a of a emo band but it's the best shitty demo i mean it's a good demo so to close our recommendations this week are black sabbath and wearing socks with sandals we have fully fallen apart i haven't fallen apart you're the one that's falling apart um for a real recommendation if you want to if you're really into and you want to know about the latest in rock music not Fiona Apple, because I stated several episodes ago how much I hate her new album, and it's the most overrated album of the year. Um, you should consider looking at my... Uh, it's New Music 2020. It's by me, Dan Mayotte. It's on my Spotify account. 
and it has a lot of really good albums and some singles and um, general collection of things that are noteworthy so far this year. So I guess I gave three recommendations because... Said you gave three recommendations because you're Dan Mayod and you do what you want. Because I'm a God-given American and it's my God-given right. And we're right back where we started. Yep. All right, our lovely listeners, we will catch you next week with another episode of the Pack You Run podcast. Take it easy. And uh, as always, follow us on our social media. It is Pack You Run Pod at um, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, we're not on Facebook because we don't want to be um, uh, part of the Zuck because he is exactly. yuck. The Zuck is yuck. And that's all we've got for this week. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye-bye.